everybody, listening to Sit Down Stand Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest today is the very funny and talented Jeremiah Watkins. He's a great comedian, and if you haven't seen him live yet, definitely go and see him. He's tremendously funny, and I bet you'll see him on a show like Saturday Night Live or something like that in the near future. You'll be hearing his name a lot. He created a show in L.A. called Stand Up on the Spot, where comedians do stand-up based off of a suggestion the audience gives them. And GQ recently named his show one of five funniest nights in America, so definitely go check that out. He's also a member of the Goddamn Comedy Jam, which is another great show where stand-up comedians get to be rock stars for a night and play instruments and sing in a band together. The band just played Madison Square Garden with Bill Burr on drums, and Jeremiah talks about that later on in the show. Show. You can find all these great shows and follow Jeremiah at Jeremiah Standup on Twitter or check out his website, JeremiahWatkins.tv and StandUpOnTheSpot.com to see when Jeremiah will be at a club near you. All right, folks, here's my talk with Jeremiah. Watch Who's Line when you're growing up. I watched a lot of Who's Line. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I you, think I haven't watched the reboot at all. Um, but yeah, whenever I saw that, I was like, "What is this? This is <laughs> this is phenomenal." <laughs> like, I I didn't even know about improv. Like, how'd you like sort of figure it out? That was my first introduction to to actual improv. Because um, I was like, "Wait, they're just making up all this stuff. Right. How's that even? Possible? I didn't even believe it. I thought it was yeah. like a show. Like, like there's like, no way. Right. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's the best compliment that you can give an improviser. Like I've been on a couple of improv teams, uh, over the years that we, the best compliment that we would get after shows that come, come up to us and they'd be like, so how much of that did you plan? That was planned. <laughs> right. And we're like, no, we made all that up. And they're like, come on. But like, uh, let us plan to somebody in the audience. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally said. And we're like, no. And th- I feel like that's the best compliment because people think it's so tight that it's written that's you can't get right? better yeah. than that but uh that like so whose line was my first intro to improv but then um a big saturday night live uh like diehard fan nice so yeah. i started uh researching after a while i was like well where did they find these guys for this show and it was either you know improv sketch or stand-up um uh, how it used to be at least and uh, I looked up improv, like where like the good theaters were, and the first things that came up was like Second City and the Groundlings. And then right. uh, whenever I was looking, uh, UCB wasn't quite as popular. Whenever I was I was looking at that, uh, and that was just coming around, and uh, IO in Chicago, and that that was kind of my first intro to it. Uh, and I was like, I want to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this this sounds really cool. And I started reading about it. And at my high school, they actually had like uh, some improv classes, so like that. So I started taking oh, improv sweet. classes in high school. And where'd you go to high school? In college, uh, Blue Valley High School in Kansas. Oh, you're from Kansas. From Kansas, yeah. Cool, awesome. My my dad went to Kansas State. Okay, yeah. cool. So you little Manhattan. There. Yep, the Wildcats. Yep. Yeah. So you were you in the city, or were you like in like a suburb kind of? Uh, in the suburbs, uh, it was the Kansas, I've lived, uh, around the Kansas city area Sweet. Uh, throughout my life, but yeah, mainly awesome. like sub- suburban, like, yeah, not, not too country, right. not too country slanging, <laughs> tobacco spitting a few, you know, but like, it's like, like comedy is not like, I mean, I grew up in a suburb too. Like, it's not really like an idea yet. Like, you not don't really know it exists or like how you can even like figure out how to get into it. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, I thought that you couldn't even 
that you weren't even allowed to do stand up until you were 21. I thought you like, had to be. And because a lot of the places in Kansas and Missouri and around, you have to be 21 to go into the stand up clubs there. Uh, I actually, uh, my first intro to stand up, my buddy uh, snuck me into a comedy club, uh, Stanford's in, in Kansas City. I think I was 19, maybe. I was like 18 or 19. And. They snuck me in, and I saw my first live stand-up show there. I'd seen it for years on TV, but I was like, oh, this is so cool. This, this is amazing. This is so, so great, yeah. Do you remember who you saw, kind of, or no? No, I wish I did, Yeah, because uh, I feel bad. I'm like, how do I not even remember right, yeah. the person that I saw? But we, he was talking about how uh, he was in some movie, and we were such geeks. We went, like, we, lo- we went to Blockbuster right after that. Right, we gotta find this movie that he was talking about, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he literally had like, he he had like a one line role in this movie, and that's what he was talking about. And we're like, oh yeah, I don't know, that's <laughs> so pre like internet IMDb, yeah, pretty much. To, like, explain to the guy, all right? He says this, yeah, he like, says this. In the movie, like, this is the name of the movie. Do you have it in stock? <laughs> yeah, I the guy's it. just like, I have no idea. Yeah, like, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's uh, so funny. The first guy I saw was like when I was eight. We were on like a cruise ship with my family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know it was comedy. It was just like in the theater. And this guy went up. And I remembered the joke that I laughed the hardest. It was like somewhere of the buffet. Like the Wizard of Oz thing. And then when I was older, I like pieced it together. I was like, oh, that was John Panette's bit. So I saw John Panette when I was like eight. Really? And I had no idea. Like I just thought he was hilarious. Wow. Like, That's so cool. So you like started out in Kansas. Were you going to a lot of like shows when you were like in high school? Or just that one? No, it was, it was really just the the classes thing uh it was kind of funny the um the theater kids in in my high school at least i didn't really gel with too much uh but uh in college i uh i went to like this uh this uh, junior college got my associate's degree there <laughs> nice. which has helped me every day <laughs> been in comedy out here uh they were, I liked that group of, uh, people a little bit more and we, uh, I took a couple of improv classes and more, th- uh, and some more theater classes, uh, with them. So we didn't really do too many shows, uh, unless it was like part of our final for right. it, which is so silly to think like, all right, it's your final, uh, get ready to do improv for, <laughs> <laughs> for your final. All right. It's like, okay, well, we don't know how good this is ever going to be. Prepare, so, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't really, this test, I can't, I literally can't prepare can for this test. This improv class. <laughs> yeah, potentially. yeah. That's so funny. That's so cool. That you had a class though. Like, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice transition. Um, actually one of the teachers there, uh, his, uh, his name is Timothy Noble. He, uh, he actually gave me, it's nice whenever you have teachers who give you, uh, support or they encourage you and he w- we would have to journal make journal entries for uh this this acting class uh with our improv and different stuff like that as we were learning like the different steps and rules and stuff like that and he would give me a lot of positive feedback and encouragement he's like this is your thing comedy right. is your thing and that was one of those uh things i already knew that i wanted to go to la uh, or chicago or new york at that point but whenever you're getting words of encouragement from somebody who totally. Like he had done like Broadway stuff and right. you know, somebody in Kansas, like if you <laughs> at that level, like, you, what you've been to Broadway, like that, <laughs> that kind of thing. You're like, Oh, this guy's legit. So maybe I can do that too. That's just nice to Any, hear. Like, like a third party on. comes in is like, Hey, like you're funny. Like it's a weird, like sort of thing. Like, How? Yeah. Especially early on because y- 
you'd like to think that you are confident in your craft and all that. But then you look back years later and you're like, oh, I was so like timid and shy and, right. and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like was maybe getting lucky or I had some skill, but it was so raw that I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're just like, I know I'm bad, but this guy keeps saying yeah, he's like, encouraging. <laughs> he's like, no, no, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. So like, yeah, that, I kind of did the same thing. I got into improv first and then mm-hmm. did you always want to do stand up kind of? Cause I always want to do stand up, but improv was kind of like the gate, like easy, ease into it sort of that's how i feel uh definitely i I always wanted to stand up but improv was a great lead-in and i'm actually super grateful that i did as much improv as i did uh whenever i got out here to los angeles which was july of 2009 i was literally in in second city classes within a week or two which was great for me because whenever you come out here anybody who comes out here i came out here alone didn't know anybody you have no friends. You're starting from scratch. And it's right. not like in high school or college where you can eventually meet some people or whatever. Sometimes like people always complain, LA is so hard to date. LA is so hard to make friends. Right. Because there truly is. Like if you don't get involved in something, it's like, well, how do Nobody's you meet gonna people? Nobody's going to come find you. No, because nobody, <laughs> people think if you walk up to them on the street and strike up conversation, you want money right. or <laughs> you want something from them. They're like, what do you need? Like, exactly. Very, like I, whenever I first moved out here, I was so, I was waving at everybody. I was like, hey, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> like making strong eye contact right. with everybody as I walked down the sidewalk. And then quickly I found out, like, well, I need to stop doing that. I'm scaring people <laughs> out here. They're like, this is, this is too much. That's and so then, funny. yeah. Uh, friendliness like dies out here it really does it's kind of sad like uh like how much over the years like i I used to make eye contact with it with everybody whenever i was walking places but you just it's it's kind of sad you just like there's so many homeless people out here that as soon as if they see any kind of eye contact they just go for it yep and i'm like dude i am not well off (laughs) i'm sorry Yeah, Uh, but yeah, improv was a great lead. I got uh, involved in Second City like right away, and met a lot of good people. And I just was, uh, this was like before Netflix, (laughs) so I would binge watch improv shows. Nice at Second City, Uh, and they were with my student ID. They were only a dollar to see. So, dude, I still dollar. There you go. I would freaking every night. I would like this literally every single night because I didn't have friends right every night I would go to the theater and see any shows that they had awesome yeah and so I saw some amazing alumni show like teachers from Chicago that were out here now who currently live in LA but then I also started seeing like the student classes and then the more student classes I saw I'm like oh I can definitely do this because the magic that you see of people who've been doing improv for like 10 or 15 years, you're like, I don't know if I can ever get to that, right, that point. Yeah. It's almost intimidating. You're like, this is so good. I don't even know where to begin. But then you see people who have only been doing it a couple of years and you're like, okay, I, I see like the progression, which is totally. kind of cool. I mean, they make it look so easy and then you get this like false confidence. You're like, I'll go on to say it. And then you yeah. just eat it. And you're like, man, yeah. they like, are so good. Like, oh yeah. I did some like student jams and stuff like that where you just, uh, they call people out of the audience like anybody want to <laughs> improvise with us and i'm like me, me. <laughs> and then i would eat it so hard i'm like what am i doing <laughs> oh that was horrible what happened i thought i was gonna be so good at this but this, this is where i hang out every night like, <laughs> yeah this is it. so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> i'm making a name for myself as the crappy guy <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> uh but the, yeah then i started interning there 
got super into that and I would check out like all the old second city reviews, like on the main stage and the ETC, uh, and stuff like that. And that's where I saw like, uh, Steve Carell doing old improv and sketch, which is awesome. Like they're like and file, right? Yeah. You actually seen uh, like in, um, I think I'd rent out, out the DVDs basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, it was like Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, uh, Tina Fey watching those like it's when super young. It's like, crazy. Yeah. Like some old Chris Farley stuff. Uh, and then what was cool, there were some current teachers who I was, I would see, uh, at the shows where I'd be taking classes from. I would actually see them on the ETC or the main stage yeah. and watch their old reviews. And they were like phenomenal. And I was like, this is so cool. I get to learn from people who've actually been on the main stage in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Like you can't take it for granted, but these guys are like legends. Like, yeah, just the teachers. Like they've played with like all these, like my teacher, I think he came up with Colbert at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nobody knows who he is, but he's like a low key, like improv legend. Yeah. I'm just going to shout out some names. I wonder if you had any of these teachers. Okay, Did you go ever for it. have like a Jamie Moyer? I love Jamie Moyer. You know Jamie? She's one of my favorites. She's too. so great. She is. I, it's mind blowing to me that she's not bigger uh, than she already is, but I think she's really starting to hit her stride she's out here so and I'm talented. so excited for her. Yeah. She's amazing, man. I love her. I love her. She's, yeah. She like would yell at you like in the middle of a scene. She's like, no. Like she got Stop so much. It. Yeah. She got yeah. so much out of like everybody. She really taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Carla Kukowski, Mark Warzeka, I think. Mark Warzeka, yeah. good dude, yeah. Had him dude. as a teacher. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was one of my uh, conservatory uh, teachers for a little bit. So you went through the whole program? and Yeah, I did. Uh, I've done, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's changed a little bit now, but whenever I did it, I had done every performance class that was available. As like wow. I said, I did improv for actors. I did the whole conservatory musical program. Improv, musical improv, long-form improv, uh yeah, I didn't do uh, the writing classes, but performance. I I interned there for a couple years, and I don't even know if you can do this anymore. But I racked up so many intern hours, right. I ended up paying for almost my entire tuition through wow. interning. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's like the best. Yeah, when it's all free. At the end. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, did you were you doing stand up too? Like at the same time? Yeah. So I was doing uh, basically. Whenever I moved out here in two thousand nine. Uh, I was 20, so I was like, <laughs> all right, I still got a few months before I'm 21. <laughs> right. Uh, and as soon as January hit in 2010, uh, so this January, I've been doing stand-up for six years, uh, I started. Um, I did my first open mic at iOS. Oh, cool. And I just started doing, uh, I got on one of the open mic list i think at that time it was like bad slava or uh alan yep, labetkin had a list or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. this was a while ago so we, i just start hitting the different mics around hollywood every single night uh after that and i was doing that simultaneously while i was doing improv so for the first like year or so uh i wasn't i definitely was i had my feet in both camps like like i was like right down the middle with right. both i was doing half and half and then uh, it started to shift a little bit more two or three years in where I was like, all right, I got to dedicate a little bit more time to stand up. And then every year after that, like it started skewing more, more and more, more and more. And now I'm 100% stand up and have been uh, for the last few years. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I, I love, I saw you, I think at like a, it was like midnight snack at the improv. Oh yeah. 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 And like you're, I love your performance cause you're so like animated and physical on stage. And I, that's something I always loved. Like our heroes, like Robin and yeah. Steve. And like, it's for me, like, I feel like, cause I'm like just starting, but like, it's such a hard leap to do that in stand up. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like you, you know, but like an improv. It yeah, you have naturally. Yeah, with improv, you have uh, you literally have more space to work with. You're not holding anything, right. and so you can, if you want to be physical, you have you are you're. I mean, for the good improv that I've seen, there's usually like space work or object work. What do you want to exactly, whatever yeah. you want to call it? And uh, have you ever seen uh, the three one three improv group? No. Jamie will Jamie Moore will uh, guest with them um, every once in a while, but I don't know how often they do it anymore. But it's Keegan Michael Key, Joshua Funk, Mary Beth Monroe, uh, uh, her husband Andy. Um, oh, I've heard of it. They do like a kind of like a tribute to it in the Mama's Boy shows, I guess. Uh, it's there's a separate thing entirely. Yeah, separate thing. Okay. Uh, they just do like long form improv, but it's just and Joshua Funk is in it. They just do long form improv, but it is phenomenal it's some of the best uh physical improv that you'll see because keegan michael key is a great right yeah. uh, physical comic and uh i used to run lights for that show and that's what was that was the first thing that was pretty surreal to me out here was when so i used to run lights for a bunch of the shows that keegan michael key was on and he used to perform right at second city hollywood uh probably more than he does now maybe he does still a lot now but i don't know uh but I'd run lights for him, and he was so nice. And I remember at one of the holiday parties, he he said, uh, "Yeah," because uh, I was asking him, like, "Hey, what's going on, man? What, what's uh, what have you been up to?" He's like, "Oh, I'm doing this thing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like a Chappelle show, um, but it's, it's just like more sketches and and uh, and uh, I'm really excited about it. me and um, my writing partner. Uh, we have been pitching it uh, to Comedy Central, and it might go through. I don't know. And then." You know, a couple years later, Key and Peele. Right. <laughs> and that was so surreal to see, for me to be running lights as an intern at Second City to a couple years later, to seeing a show become a huge hit and success across the nation. Uh, That's crazy, yeah. And that was just like, oh, wow, I'm really in the mix <laughs> of things. Yeah. That was like my first intro to like, okay, things can happen for people out here. Right? This is yeah. This is real. It's like, it doesn't seem like... It when you're like, cause oh, a little it's black so, box, you know, it seems like, so unobtainable. You're right? like, you're then, like oh yeah, he could just go on TV nationally. <laughs> yeah. Star, right? yeah. It's so cool that you did that. Yeah. There's so many people who like come through the comedy magic clubs. I saw just two years ago when I started and like now they're just blowing up. Yeah. And like monsters. Now. I'm sure. And it's so, it's just so cool to watch. Cause you're like, like he came in, he was great already, but now he's just like a beast. Just destroying every set. It's and, super encouraging. Actually, whenever you see that, fast of growth like totally. in that amount of time you're like okay this is doable if i put in the time and i put in the work and i write and i hustle like i this can happen for me if if, right. if the stars align right yeah exactly yeah i think if you just hard work i feel like that's the main thing but i was gonna ask you like did you find it kind of difficult like going from like using that energy and physicality from improv into stand-up or was it like a pretty seamless? Because I know, like in stand, you're holding the mic; it's like awkward. Right. It's not the same exact thing as improv, but uh, I think that every year that I do stand up, there's things that I get more comfortable uh, with on stage. Like every year, like because I've never had an issue with uh, stage confidence because I grew up doing plays and theater, so I've been on okay. stage since I was a little kid. Right. So I'm used to performing and. Like being very presentational in front of audiences and singing and doing all that stuff, which that helps. I think that gave me a little bit of a running start uh, whenever I started improv and stand up because I just felt comfortable. I wasn't inside my head. Right. 
So the the transition for me really, uh, it was fairly seamless because uh, I actually felt like it gave me uh, uh, the upper hand a little bit going into stand-up because I had that improv experience and I was like, all right, I can do uh, this. I kind of already know, like I'm already starting to get to know like what is making people laugh from right. what I do yeah. in audiences and physical comedy is a huge part of what I think s- separates me from uh, from some other comics uh, out here in LA and so it was pretty it was pretty seamless uh, for me I guess uh, uh, overall that's yeah. awesome man yeah yeah it's so great because like I feel like it's just it's kind of like getting lost like that just art form of just being super physical on stage and like animated I only know like a few like off the top of my head who still like just 100 percent commitment and yeah that well <laughs> whenever i was starting out uh it was so funny i used to get this backhanded compliment all the time uh <laughs> where people would see a show and they're like you um you you really commit you, uh, <laughs> i'm like thank thank you like they were clearly telling me that like they were not saying that i was funny right. they were just like y- you know how to commit that's <laughs> that's that's nice. With it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stick, stick with that. That's so funny. Yeah, that's always something. So, uh, yeah, commitment has never been a problem for me. I right. will see the joke through, even if it is bombing hard. If I like, I never, I, I, I never am the guy who will pull out of an act out halfway through and get self conscious. I'm like, I'm gonna that's see this. Worst, yeah. I'm gonna freaking see this through. If it doesn't get a laugh, I have to dig myself out of this hole exactly. after it and deal with it. <laughs> And sometimes that's the funniest stuff too. And stand where you're just in sometimes the and you just the audience knows you're screwed. Yeah, like there's no real way out of it. Yeah, like, which I've gotten way better at knowing how to deal with that over the years yeah, of totally. doing stand. Because dude, I used to do like these long, big physical act outs, and then it was this is a very volatile f- formula. Either it murders or you get nothing at all. Yeah. So a lot of the nights it would get nothing at all. And then it would be this giant hole that I was in for the rest of my set. And I'm, and I wouldn't know how to get out of it. Cause I didn't have enough skills as a stand-up comedian right. to deal with it. But over the years I figured out like, okay, I've had to have, I have some, some backup stuff in my pocket. Just to be like, eh, I gotta get out of here. Right, I mean, yeah. Here's my, my life vest or my flair to get off this <laughs> Island. That's so cool. So the improv really like accented the stand up for you really well. And then were you just like, I'm just going to do stand up full time? Yeah. Uh, basically what the thing was, uh, that led to me doing stand up full time was I was feeling like the, I, I was getting intermediate of both. Basically. I was like, I, I got to a place and the improv team that I was on, uh, we were called value menu. <laughs> I was with uh, Christopher Edwards, Peter Ranchowski, and Justin Alexia. We finally, we broke up multiple times. We were, like, we'd get back together. It was like a bad relationship. We'd get back together. Ah, everything's great. Everything's perfect. Then we'd break up. Like, that happened multiple yeah. times. And then finally we were like, all right, we got to put an end to this. And we, and we, because we were all stand-ups independently from doing uh, improv, oh, okay, which was yeah. unique uh, as a group um, for what we were doing in the improv scene. And, uh, so we finally broke up and we're like, we all need to just focus on stand up, And that's whenever things, uh, that's whenever I started to see growth a lot faster as a stand up comedian, whenever I went all in on that. That's awesome. Did you go, uh, were you sticking to like IO and like some smaller places? Or did you go to like the store or the improv? Or- uh, so I waited for basically, I basically waited for like a year and a half or so 
before I started really hitting the store. Like I went there once or twice and I was like, like I had good sets, but I was like, I'm not ready for this. I had the same thing. I was like, these, um, these guys are way beyond. Right. I'm like, and I, and I, and I've been pretty good over the years while I've been in LA of knowing my place, like when, when to strike and when to be like, "Ah, I'm not, this isn't my moment yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I saw, so I had some pretty good sets, but the main thing for me, what I wanted was the, like the, the pro, like how you progress at the comedy store is you do the open mic and then you get bumped up to what they call friends and family. And then after that you bumped up to paid regular. And I was like, okay, I've got some buddies who are friends and family at the comedy store who've worked their way up through the mic. But the way they told me they did it was they were being, their name was being drawn almost every single week. And I was like, I don't have that good enough material where I can go every week and do different sets and new material and stuff like that. So I waited a while um, before that. And then in July, another July of 2011. So I guess a couple years of me being in LA, I started going every week and I was like, I'm going to go every week. I'm going to become friends and family. I'm going to do this. And the the former talent coordinator there, he saw me go up. Um, and I, the, the first time he saw me, I had a really, really strong set uh, for that room for, you know, a three-minute set right. in that room. And uh, he's like, I want to see you more. Um, uh, I want you to come back, keep doing the mic. Uh, but when I see you, I want you to do a different set every single time. Oh, my God. So I was very glad that, I had forced myself to wait and build up material before right. going because that's exactly what happened. And I talked to other people. He didn't say that to other people. I don't know why he said that to me specifically. And I think wow. maybe it was a challenge of, to, uh, so he could see what I could do because a lot of the stuff that I do is very presentational and big. Mm. So maybe in the open mic setting, it might be a little bit more memorable and it's hard to repeat those kind of big jokes to other comedians. Like once right, you right. do like a big act out kind of thing, other comics are like, yeah, I've seen it. Exactly. Where if you're doing one liners or stuff, people will entertain the idea of hearing the same joke over and over. Like, Oh yeah. I've, yeah. Okay. Head nod kind of thing. Right. But people will sometimes turn off if they, they're like seen it <laughs> like that right, kind of, totally, yeah. that kind of thing. So that helped me a lot. So I, I, that forced me to, to write every week, like and be coming up with new stuff. And, I was like, okay, well, if I write two to three minutes of new material per week, and then I was just using the stuff that I had already stockpiled, I was like, uh, I can do like a mixture, and then if I riff and improv, then it'll it'll be a new set every week, and that's right. what I did for a long time, that's and so then cool. yeah, eventually uh, within the year uh, by the by the new year in 2012, uh, he had moved me over to. Uh, the friends of family uh, wow. portion of yeah. the show. So it was a quick, I actually moved up fairly quick for standards at the comedy store to friends and family. Right. But uh, it's 2015 now and I am still working on becoming a paid regular there. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So that journey takes, that's been uh, over a four year journey for that. So wow. yeah. when that actually happens, that will be a very good day for me. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's the ultimate. Just like, yeah. Getting your name painted on that wall is like, Pretty cool. So yeah. Legendary, There's yeah. only like uh, a little over 400 comedians who are paid regulars at the comedy store. And wow. that's in that over 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. Which if you think about it, 
there are so many comedians in LA right now. Think of that. Show up at the open mics on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As many as there are on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many. It's crazy. Yeah. But, like, that's so cool that you, like, I did the same thing where I went the first time. I was like, I'll go. Like, I read it yeah. in Jay Leno's book. You just walked in. Yeah, like, exactly. I'll do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But then you go there and you're like, oh, this is, like, these guys are monsters. Like, yeah. This is nothing like I've seen before. So, but I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm kind of staying away and trying to get good at, like, coffee shops and stuff. So you have that's something. A, that's the way to do it. Like, people are always in a rush to be seen out here because... It's, you know, it's very difficult. It's, it's very right. hard. And you're just like wanting it to that next level where you're like, oh, I'm making some money. I'm doing this, right. doing that. But it's so, it's so valuable to just grind it out uh, in, in bars and coffee shops and places where nobody's seeing you industry wise. Because yeah, you, totally. I mean, you don't want to be seen too early and then you're that guy who sucks yeah, too. Yeah. yeah to to like bookers or <laughs> right. industry. Yeah. No, that's like what you just described is like my nightmare. I'd be like, yeah, come back next week with new three minutes. I'd be like, oh my God, like, <laughs> yeah, what have yeah. I done? Like, yeah. So stupid. But uh, So he wanted you to work on it because he thought that the audience, which is mainly comics, they'd get tired of seeing this. That's what I think. But he never told me why, m- me specifically, that he wanted to see a new three minutes every week. Uh it was a great challenge, though, uh, especially uh, like being young and stand-up. But it was it was difficult, right? Uh, but it really forced me to really work on my craft. And uh, yeah, he he gave me a, a lot of good advice over the years. Um, where because I would go up there for three minutes, I would be going. It was like I'm I'm high energy, but yeah. For three minutes, it was ridiculous. Like how high energy <laughs> I was. Like, yeah, how's Yeah, cabinets. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on over here? Like that. That. <laughs> like it was just like a hundred and ten percent the entire three minutes. And then he saw me do that a bunch, and I was having great success with that because a lot of the open mic level comedians uh, that I was with, they sometimes are phoning it in because it's only comedians in the room, right? But I always knew that he was in the back watching, and that's who I was playing for. I was oh, playing for him yeah. and not just other comedians. And so I would give it, like, I'd play it like it was 500 people right. in the room, and I'm being huge. But, yeah, I I just, uh, it's I, I don't know. I always feel like it's important to give uh, a full show no matter what size right. the room is. What is that? It's saying it's like, play to three as if it's 3000 and play to 3000 if it's three or something like that. Like, yeah, always just play it as like, well, that's, that's cool. I just saw, uh, Bill Burr at Madison square garden and, uh, dude, I saw that you guys jammed. Like, yeah. We jammed with them during the day before. So yeah. It was, it was pretty incredible. Just uh, like in an empty Madison square garden, in the empty Madison square garden. That's we so we jammed amazing. with them for a couple hours and Damn. it was, yeah, like it, Zeppelin it was amazing. played there. Like Dude, there are so many people legend. that. Yeah, it's that stage is legendary, and yeah, and were then you he. On sax? I was on sax. I was Sweet. on sax, and then I had a mic, so I'd sing with Josh Adam Myers and oh, the man. rest of the band. And how was that? That must have been amazing. It was so fun, man. Bill Burr on drums, right? Bill Burr on drums, Sweet. and he's good. He's really yeah. good. Yeah, he's I a solid drummer. I want to come to. I think there's one like next Monday or something. Like on that? Monday, yeah, the next goddamn comedy jam. I want to go to that. I want to see, like, are you going to be in it too? Yeah, I'll be oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to try and go to that. That's so cool. Nice. What songs did you guys play when you were at Madison Square? <sighs> we did a lot. We did uh, some Van Halen. We did nice. uh, some Guns N' Roses. We did 
uh, song War Pigs. Uh, Damn, so awesome. It was like a good, you know, just a bunch of like some classic metal, rock classic rock, rock. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of great stuff. That's so sweet. How did that come about? Was it just like... So uh, Josh Adam Myers is, uh, is good friends with Bill Burr, uh-huh. and he's helped him uh, out with uh, the goddamn comedy jam since like the first show. He was like on the first show, and he's like kind of like endorsed it, like this is a great show. And uh, he helped sell out the first show because, you know, he's a name. And then ever since that, then it's had momentum, and Josh has booked great names ever since the first show, which has like been a year and a few months and so they're good friends, and he did the goddamn comedy jam on Friday night. Uh, we did it at the Gramercy for uh, oh, Gramercy wow. Theater. We sold it out uh, as part of the New York Comedy Festival. Dang, that's so cool. That was that was pretty, uh, pretty epic experience. That was it was awesome. And for the people who don't know, like the goddamn comedy jam is like where comedians play and perform on stage. Like, yeah, they do a stand-up they set. They tell a story, and then they uh, will sing a song. Uh, with a live band uh, backing them uh, after their set. So they'll tell a story of why they're about to sing the song that they're about to sing. And then they, they sing the song and it's super fun. Yeah. Cause you'll so see, rad. you'll be surprised. Some, some comedians have amazing voices and they're great. And other comedians, it's pretty rough, but they're having fun. And yeah. it's just like a fun experience <laughs> for the audience. Is that the lyric? Yes. Yeah, at the lyric okay, uh, once cool. a month. Yeah. On Mondays. So I, I've been to one like, long time ago maybe like a year and a half ago and it was just like this is the greatest like idea it's super fun you're involved with two shows that i think are like super cool for stand-up you do another one's the improv show right like, yeah stand up on the spot yeah that's so cool do you still do that one too yeah i do i've been doing that show over five years uh awesome. and that show was actually uh born at second city yeah. oh no way came up with that at second city i started off doing it there did it there for a couple of years before i started moving around town that's so cool. And you guys just take a suggestion from the audience and you try to build a stand-up set yep. out of it? That's so cool. Yeah, so it's the most, it's the the purest form of improv and stand-up that there is. You're taking suggestions from the audience just like an improv show. Right. And then you have to create stand-up on the spot based off of what they yell out. That's hilarious. Um, So, oh, back to the, the birthing, how that came about. So we did it on Friday night and then uh, on uh, Saturday he's like, hey, uh, I've got some time. Uh, I rent some gear. Do you guys want to come jam at Madison Square Garden during the day? <laughs> and we're all like, "Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Let's do it." It's so, like an email. Bill Burr is like, oh, "Oh, Madison Square Garden, great, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> totally." So yeah, we went there, and then uh, he invited us. Uh, we hung out backstage during his show, and hung out with him for a bit uh, afterwards. And then uh, it was great, man. It was it was a super. Uh, surreal experience to to stand on that stage and just be hanging out and having a good time and then we're seeing it empty around we were jamming around three o'clock there's just like crew there that's setting up chairs and like light guy and and sound guys and uh th- there's a guy with a camera who is filming us and putting us on the jumbotron which is pretty oh, no dope way. <laughs> uh so cool. and it was just like bill burr's like agents and managers and stuff like that that are there so we see it basically empty right but then, fast forward to like four hours later, we see 15,000 people Jeez. sold out, Man. seeing him crushing it, and we're hanging out on the wings of the stage, backstage, and just watching him kill, and it was so just, it was crazy just to see an empty house and how quiet it was earlier, and then just like the roars of laughter coming in, and the applause breaks that he was getting after bits, yeah. and... 
That's it was, legendary. It was nuts. Dude, to see yeah. that backstage is so awesome. Yeah, it, it'll definitely go down as a as a a, a moment in history for my personal uh, uh, comedy career. In it was a couple awesome. years from now, you're going to be right in front of the stage in front of fifteen thousand in Madison Square. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bet it right now. Did Did you want to do like a like kind of TV or sketch or eventually? Because I know you have that background too. So. Yeah, uh, SNL is still a dream job of mine. Uh, really I keep cool. I keep putting together tapes every year. And uh, do you submit them to them? They haven't seen my stuff uh, yet, uh, like officially. Um, I think that next year will be. Uh, I'm getting a new manager soon, and that kind of stuff. So Sweet. we'll see. Um, that's like a lot of cool impressions too. I saw a video. Oh yeah, you thank a bunch you. Of impressions, that was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like you'd be perfect for that. I think. Yeah, that. that's uh, it's definitely that's like that's really why I moved out to Los Angeles. I was like, I want to get on Saturday Night Live, and so I've been basically doing as many shows and and classes and and stand up and Hell stuff yeah. like that to basically piece it together by for hopefully by the time that I'm seeing. They're like, all right, this is undeniable. He's undeniable. He's got right. all this background, like the stand-up, the improv, the sketch, uh, singing, uh, instruments, all that stuff. I'm just trying to <laughs> throw every skill at Talent, them yeah. at, at possible, like just check those off in all the boxes and be like, I'm the perfect candidate for your show. Right. Hire me. So we'll see. Just keep putting in that time and, <laughs> and work, and that's all you can do. I hope so, man. That would be awesome, yeah. Who's your like favorite like lineup of cast for that show? Uh, it was definitely the nine, uh, the early nineties cast, uh, Sandler, Farley. Yeah. yeah I mean, dude, I can't, th- that cast, I mean, just made me laugh so hard. And, and those guys are still, uh, some of my favorite comedians that have come out of that show. Even David Spade's standup. I love his standup. If, if so you've ever good. seen yeah. it's, it's Amazing. great. Like yeah. I, I think it's probably, I don't want to say underrated, but I think just not a lot of people know about it know that, yeah he's like how good he is yeah he's really really solid and i saw uh recently at the comedy store a couple months ago it was david spade and friends in the main oh, room of the comedy the store show? i was at that show yeah oh man and i was just hanging out in the back standing there and uh main room packed sold out like super sold out so it's like 400 people in this club yeah wall to wall and uh, so Rob Schneider was on it, uh, David Spade, uh, uh, Nick uh, Swartzen. Swartzen, and Sandler. And Sandler. When Dang. they brought out Sandler, dude, I flipped Did out. Did you know he was going to be there or was it like a surprise? I knew he was going to be there. Uh, I'd seen him once before at the Improv yeah. uh, in Hollywood, but uh, I was so excited to see him at the Comedy Store uh, in that main room. Uh with his other friends it made it more special that he was with schneider and spade did he do the piano and like music stuff too? he yeah uh he had a guy who came out with him with uh BB. piano and is that his name i think so his yeah. like, character or whatever. Yeah. he didn't yeah. like speak english right yeah he uh, came like a week before at the kind magic club because oh, spade was headlining and i came early that day like at like three or four and there there's guys like setting up a piano and like checking the guitar amp and stuff and i go to rich i'm like hey like yeah, what's well, going is, on? Is David Spade playing piano now? And he's like, no. It's, you know, just setting up. And I just knew right away. I was like, oh, Sandler's coming. I bet you anything. Like, yeah. The only guy that does music and friends <laughs> yeah. with, like, David Spade. And he came and, uh, like, freaked out, man. Like, this dude's, like, 
comedy hero for oh, me. Oh man, yeah, of course. And he's so cool, like down to earth, like giving everybody hugs as he comes in. I was like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> I was so intimidated. I didn't even like say anything. I didn't want to like. Dude, it was what I what I found was really cool was David Spade. So he let Sandler do an hour. Yeah, that's what he did at our place. And too. then David Spade goes out to close the show. David Spade only does fifteen to twenty minutes. Right. And he said, you know, I just. Uh, this is really just to get Adam out here, and I thought that was so cool. That's awesome, yeah. That that he put it under his name and David Spade and friends, rather than like because that that way it's not as much of anticipation and build up for Adam because people like if they knew that he was coming ahead of time, right? There's gonna be people who like are even freaking out even more than they are in the audience. Like when he was. At the comedy store, and he was performing. This is much star. This is how much star power that he has. He would mainly look at his notes and read the mm-hmm. lyrics off the sheets. When he would look up and make eye contact with any audience members, they would flip out. Dude, yeah, go that's nuts. What I was anytime, too. anytime he would just look and be like, "Hey, you, hey guys, uh, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, uh, great to be here. Uh, oh wow, uh, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey over there." And, and people, are, ah, he looked at me. <laughs> It was like unbelievable. Like I'd never seen out of all the people who have come through the Kind Magic Club, I've never seen somebody with that like power or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like he's just hanging out. Yeah. Like he, for him, it's just like he's just a normal dude. But I saw like old ladies like gushing at the front row. Oh, just, dude, like, yeah. They're cracking. There's up. so many generations. Yeah. I and, mean, he's done. And he would do like a dirty like line or something like that, and he'd go over to the like old lady, like, "I'm sorry, it was on the paper. I had to read it." Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just like, "Oh, it's okay, Adam. You can say like the dirtiest thing." Yeah. yeah. It was so like amazing. To see. And then Spade came out and he's like, "Talk about doing a five minute set." Oh, like, like hour, dude. You know? Yeah, yeah. But he <laughs> said, "Yeah, whenever, whenever he was at the store, he goes, I told him and." Eight minute guest spot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. It's oh. awesome that there's like you know that f- like camaraderie. Like they're still like after all like these years, pack, you know. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I, feel I, like love I see it now that. a lot too. Like comedy seems friendly. Like when I finished high school, it was like 2010, mm-hmm. and I would go just to like hang out at the store, like just to see what it was, and it seemed so like terrifying. I was younger too, but it like yeah. it seemed rough. Nobody was friendly. Like everybody was like making fun of each other. And then like now it just seems like it's so open and it's The like, store used to be much darker than like darker energy wise than it, it is now. Like it's the, yeah. way more positive. It's so totally. like whenever I started going, I used to hear horror stories of it, this is like right before I started going. Uh Was it like 2009, 10? Whenever I started going, it was around 2000 10 uh 2011 when i started going a lot but around 2010 whenever i went there people would literally tell me like dude you don't want to go there it's like negative yeah Yeah. and people like the the hosts if you do bad they make fun of you and which they that was like that was like a tradition for years where it was like this uh this like hazing type thing if you did a bad set the host of the potluck there would destroy you right but if you if you killed, they would give you props. Right. And so the stakes were very high as an open micer. You're doing, especially three minutes in front of your peers or people who you don't know and you're trying to get to know. Right. It's very nerve wracking. And you're totally. not very confident in, your, in yourself or your material yet. You're like, I hope this, right, this yeah. works, that kind of thing. But I hear that it used to be way worse than it is now. I, whenever I, whenever I host like the potluck at the comedy store, or I'll sometimes host like uh, the mics at uh, the improv. I'm all about positive energy, keeping it light and right. supportive because 
I've seen how bad it can get, and it's just like not conducive to comedy yeah. at all. And I'd so much rather people like like try to enjoy each other's sets and be supportive, so they can actually get some good work done, so they can actually figure out where in their jokes needs more help with the writing or whatever, rather totally. than it just being like negative the entire time. Dude, and thank God that that's like the shift that like happened. Yeah, it was it was really negative. I remember like. I went to a show. I like kind of snuck into because there wasn't really anybody working there. I was like yeah. seventeen. I just went in, and I, I think it'd be like twenty one or something. But I went in and I sat in the front like an idiot. Like I was just like, I'm just gonna watch, but I'm gonna sit in the front because it was all empty. And so everybody was coming there, like roasting me a little bit, like yeah. jokes, you know, like it was funny. And I remember I saw Tony Hinchcliffe, mm-hmm. and he, I was like, this guy's amazing. I saw Willie Hunter, and I was like, this guy's amazing. And then there was this one guy who came in, and he just like looked pissed off from the get go, and he just like made fun of me, made fun of me. And, like, I was, like, laughing. And then it was just, like, bad. Like, he would just go to, like, different corners and just, like, just take, like, apart, like, people one by one. And, like, it wasn't even funny anymore. And, like, people were, like, getting, like, really, really upset. And I was just, like, this is, like, kind of funny. But I was, like, really getting (laughs) it. This is crazy. But there were, like, jokes or anything. And then that guy I never saw again. But, yeah, like, I feel like improv teaches you that. You got to be, like, positive and, like... Don't yeah. Say no, or like all this stuff. Yeah. No. That that that's definitely uh, super helpful. It's the the whole yes and mentality. Let's let's move this thing forward. Let's not negate. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Have and and ever... even scenes, they always tell you keep it positive. It's easier to improvise totally. in positive scenes rather than just yeah. If you're just fighting or being like, oh, this situation sucks. It's yeah. like that's hard to build off of. End of scene. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 That's so funny. Yeah. Did you um have you ever like come up with material through improvising kind of? Yeah, that's actually the best thing about uh, my show Stand Up on the Spot is uh, a lot of people will attest to that is they get material from doing my show, uh, which is really cool. From from the improv side, uh, I haven't gotten too much actual stand up just from doing pure improv. Uh, I have improvised some stuff uh, through characters that I've ended up using for. Um, maybe some stand-up stuff, uh, which is which is cool. Uh, but that's why I feel like stand-up is kind of the best of both worlds for me now. Because if I riff or if I'm improvising on stage and I I record all my sets on my phone, yeah, I can listen back to it and I can try it again later. And if it works, then it's just in the act now. It's right, like yeah, you know, uh, that that's a a cool uh thing. But not too much just purely from improv more i've gotten just more material from doing my improvised stand-up show i gotta come check that out that's like yeah one of my favorite things like my favorite comics are the guys who can like riff and like improvise on stage yeah joe rogan has gotten material from it um which is really cool to see who are some of your favorite people you've seen at your show rory scoville oh Um, yeah dude he's great at my show eric andre um wow uh, he's great. I had Todd Glass once, and was, I just love Todd Glass uh, <laughs> to see him do the show. Um, Dean Del Rey is a good buddy. He's yeah. really good at the show. He's gotten a bunch of material from Sweet. doing the show. Yeah. Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, awesome. same. He's really strong uh, at the show. And people can just literally shout out whatever. Like, yeah, any word, like any like word. kind of suggestion, yeah. any... Yeah, I try to get people to steer clear of super negative topics just because we've gotten them so many times right. and it doesn't lead anywhere. Exactly. But I'm like, stay away from these. Do people like tell stories kind of? Or do they like Sometimes, come up with dude, one-liners? Dude, so uh, do you know Steve Simone? Yeah, I love okay. that guy. 
dude, he is really cool to watch on the show because you can throw him a word and he's a storyteller comedian. If you don't know he's uh, so who good he is, he's great like imagery and stories. Oh yeah. So he can take a word and then he can create a story around it and like literally anything. anything. It's really cool to see. He's so great. He, yeah. He, he's like one of my favorites. Like he can just take you on. He could do like 20 minutes on like one little subject. Yeah. Like how the heck did he'll he take you on a journey and you'll be like, this is the coolest story I've ever heard. Beginning, middle and end. Yeah. Like, and always. like the payoff is always like, you feel great at, at the, right? pen, yeah. the payoff. Yeah. I was, I was sitting there. I'm like, kind of like just nervous. I'm like, is this like, this yeah. is like such a long buildup and it just kills. He's so great. That's so cool. Do people like come up with like joke jokes there too sometimes or yeah. Is that kind of harder to do? No. Uh, I think, uh, I think I've seen Neil Brennan come up with oh, one sweet. or two jokes uh, that I think I've, I saw him tell later uh, in his act that were like just straight up jokes. And I've seen like some guys who are like one liner comics who they come up with some dope one liners that they end up using later. Like Adam Hunter or somebody like that. Uh, I've I've some of the uh, Tyler Green and David Angelo are a couple of the one liner oh, comics okay. I really uh, enjoy uh, uh, watching on the show. Sweet. Do you um do you headline too? Like, do you do our shows? Uh, not yet. No, I uh I do a lot of featuring now, but um, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't done like a headlining like one hour set yet, which I'm actually really excited to do because um the few times that I've been able to stretch on stage and do a little bit longer uh than like half an hour and closer to forty, I'm like, oh dude, I'm like. 10 to 20 minutes away from right. that, like doing the hour and it, and those sets have been so fun and there, you just have so much more freedom to kind of do whatever you want and more time right. rather than just like get straight to it. Totally. Um, cause I, I love whenever I have time and, uh, to, I love like riffing and playing with the audience and doing different stuff and not doing conventional, just joke telling or, uh, so I like to do experimental stuff and, uh, I'm super excited to to eventually be doing an hour and like really. No, totally. Make. I ask because like I would love to see you do an hour, like because you. I feel like you would do so many different things. Like you do like maybe like music or like yeah. Fashion. Like would you lump it all together into one thing or do kind of like sections? I yeah. I don't. I don't know if I would do if I would lump all of them together necessarily. I'd probably like just for stand just for stand up purposes. I, I'd probably like to just just do the stand up for an hour um also just for convenience uh of not having to to haul like instruments or anything right, like that yeah, like exactly. around uh I, yeah so whenever i start headlining i'll i'll just do straight stand up and then i i like i like doing these other unique shows like uh the goddamn comedy jam and roast battle and stuff right, like that yeah. that are just kind of or stand up on the spot that um are unique to those shows and if there is crossover naturally and organically i'll do it but yeah yeah sweet i just want to ask you a couple more questions saturday night live did you hear that uh lauren michaels mark maron episode yet? i did yeah yeah i like always have been like so fascinated by saturday was, night live. yeah that episode was pretty fascinating uh to hear i mean because you never hear you ne we never get to hear the stories of his interpretation of how the meeting went it's always these people who comedians who we may meet or we know over time who's like this is my experience because right. i know uh, I had um, uh, our buddy um, uh, Ryan O'Flanagan. Uh, he's a super funny comic from uh, the Dead Kevin Sketch Group. I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, yeah, yeah, with like Ahmed Baruch and yeah, all those guys, yeah, yeah. and Jack Robichaud, yeah. Uh, so he actually auditioned for Saturday Night Live, and oh, wow. he told this great story on uh, I do this podcast called uh, 
the building years with my buddy uh, Justin Alexio, he told the story of his meeting with Lorne Michaels. And I would obviously love to hear the other side of that to see right. what Lorne Michaels thought. And that's basically what Mark, that was the episode of Mark Myron. You got to see, or you got to, you got to hear what Lorne's interpretation was of right. Marin as the interview went on. And he still remembered it. That's what was so cool. The yeah. worst thing would have been like, I don't remember. I know. It was so many years <laughs> ago. Thousands of people. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's, oof. it was cool to see his like, just, He's never been. He's kind of like humanized, really, in that yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, it was he cool. never really thought what he was thinking. He seemed so serious, like on yeah. the show. But uh, yeah, I've always like studied it, and I've always been fascinated by it. And like, it's so people don't really realize, like that. Like they think like Sandler, Rock, like those guys were like hits right away, but they got like fired. Yeah, and, like people didn't like them. Those like the lowest, like or the most like critics. A I bunch guess. of those guys got fired. Norm got fired. Sandler got fired. Farley. And yeah. like to us, like legends, you know. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh man, like how did those guys get fired? But yeah, it's insane. It's such a cool process. And like, do you think like if you went on, like, would you be down to do, like a lot of like characters and impressions or like the like digital shorts? Like, what would you be your like dream like position? Yeah, I something? definitely would love to to uh, to be. Uh, like a utility type player on the show that could do characters and impressions and even the digital stuff. Bill Hader is, is somebody more, Kansas most too. recently. Uh, right. Hader is, uh, Sudeikis is, is from Kansas. I'm not oh, sure okay. uh, if Hader is or not. Um, but yeah, I would like to be like a, a kind of cast member, like, uh, like a Bill Hader type or somebody, but also more, I think what I would bring to the show <laughs> This is what I would bring to the show. Uh, no, it would just be more physical comedy. Like, yeah. Like, because they're, they've got some people who have the ability, like Taron Killam, to do some great physical comedy on the show, but I'm not really sure why they don't utilize some of that. Um, and I'm, like, all about, like, that old school physical comedy mentality, like, with Farley, like, falling into tables yeah. and and uh, Molly Shannon, like, destroying sets. Right. Dude, I love that stuff. And I feel like that's what I would really try to bring back to that the show. Awesome, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs>